Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. This is Josh. And I'm Erica. And I love my coffee. With a splash of crime. We are so excited to finally be sitting down with you and telling you our true crime stories. So the way our podcast is going to work is we are going to actually alternate stories between episodes. So this week's episode is going to be brought to you by Erica. And then next week's episode is going to be brought to you by me. You know, we decided to make this podcast because Josh and I, we are always telling each other true crime stories anyway. And we just are really interested in true crime. And we're always talking about, you know, different cases, about different criminals and stories, mysteries, also unsolved cases, missing cases, all types of different cases. And that's what we really wanted to get on here and share with you guys as well. So today I really wanted to share a case with you guys and with Josh that has always been very interesting to me. I think I heard about it maybe like a year and a half ago. I was actually watching Forensic Files and it was so strange because it was a case that, well, it was an episode that I hadn't seen before. My brother Eric turned it on and I was so surprised because I thought that I had seen every episode of Forensic Files and it just really caught my attention. Normally with a case, I feel like I could tell if I think someone's guilty or innocent. And you know, with this case, I'm just so torn. I cannot decide. I just, I don't know. It's a whirlwind of a case. It's so crazy. There's so much to it. And I just did a huge amount of research for this case. There's so many opinions. Like I said, even on Reddit, I like to go and read there, but I had a bunch of of sources for this case that did not include Reddit. Um, so today I want to tell you about what happened to the Roots Hears on the night of June 6, 1996. This is the story of Darlie Roots here. Okay, so I want to start our story on the summer night of June 6, 1996 in Rowlett, Texas. The Roots Hears were a wealthy family that lived in a beautiful two-story mini mansion. It had a running fountain outside, and I also read that the Roots Hears compared their house to the house from the movie Home Alone, that big, beautiful house. The Roots Hears family consisted of Darlie and her husband, Darren, and they had three beautiful children, Damon, who was five, Devin, who was six, and baby Drake, who was seven or eight months old. They also had a small Pomeranian. The Roots here family was in the living room watching TV after the baby had been put to bed upstairs. Eventually, Darlie's husband, Darren, went up to bed upstairs with the baby, but Darlie and the two older boys stayed downstairs to sleep. Darlie had not been sleeping well in the room with the baby, and Darren due to the baby moving and making noise in his crib. And as a new mom, I could say, I mean, not a new mom, but I have a toddler. You know, when my son would wake up in the middle of the night, he could barely just turn. And I was thinking, okay, is he ready for a bottle? Does he need a diaper change? Am I going to have to get up? And it's so hard to fall into that deep sleep because you're listening for your baby when they're still in the same room, you know? And I think I didn't really start falling into a really good deep sleep until my baby was finally in his own room. And I could see that this is how Darlie was feeling as well. She had been struggling with postpartum depression as well since having her youngest child. At 2.30 a.m., 
Emergency dispatch received a call from the Routier residence. Darlie's husband, Darren, had heard her screaming and come down to see their son, Devin, laying on the floor with two stab wounds to the chest. Darlie was still on the 911 call and covered in blood. Darren began CPR immediately, while Darlie ran to get towels to put on her kids' wounds. So I read somewhere that her husband had done some CPR courses. So when he started doing CPR, it was unsuccessful because the holes in his chest, the blood was just sputtering out. Emergency services arrive within six minutes. So it's like pretty quick. Darlie had a stab wound on her arm that somewhere had gone into the bone. And it was kind of on the forearm, like as if she was doing a defensive posture. Like, if she put her arms up and someone was attacking her, they would have stabbed her here. And the neck wound that she had barely missed her carotid artery. It was only two millimeters away. And that is just, that's extremely close. The only thing that they believe stopped it from going through the carotid artery was that she was wearing a necklace. And she actually, when she had her surgery after, they had to, like, surgically remove that necklace. So that's a life tip. Rule number one. Rule number one to survive, wear a necklace. She also had some pretty severe bruising on her arms. And we'll insert some pictures on our Instagram for this episode. And these bruises, I mean, they are bad. They're not just like she has a couple bruises here or there. Like her entire arm is just like black and blue. Like it looked like she fell down the stairs. She got in an accident. Like these are some bruises. Someone beat her with a bat or something, like serious bruises. Unfortunately, Devin had already passed away by the time police arrived. And their other son, Damon, was still breathing upon arrival, but unfortunately was pronounced dead on the way to the hospital. Darren and the youngest son were unharmed. Darlie was immediately rushed to the hospital to begin surgery. When police began investigating, they discover that the intruder must have entered through a large window on the side of the garage. We'll post a photo on our Instagram also of the garage window because until I started researching this case, I've heard, I heard it so many times, but I never actually like looked at the picture of the window. Um, and the reason that they think that the intruder must have entered through the window is because there was a large gash in the screen. The scene was chaotic. So much blood through the living room, kitchen, and utility room, which is basically, they call it the utility room, but from the maps I've seen, it looked like a laundry room. So it was like the living room, the kitchen, the utility room, and then it connected to the garage. The murder weapon was a large butcher knife from the knife block in their kitchen. So let me get this right. The intruders took the knife out of their kitchen. Yes. Okay. 
Yes. Just, just wanted to make sure I heard that correctly. And there, there is a lot of speculation on that. Well, on Darlie's 911 call, she said that she keeps saying he, they, he, they. Like, she wasn't sure how many people were in the house. And then later on, she says it was one person. Um, but there was some speculation that if there were two people, maybe one person brought a weapon. The other person had to grab a weapon there, improvised, um, maybe came in to rob the place and then decided that they needed a weapon when they thought nobody was going to be home. Or I'm not really sure. I did see that her their cars had been parked differently outside. So it did kind of look like maybe she wouldn't have been home. I just, I read a couple different things. Well, that would make sense if they didn't have the intention of like murdering people, if they just wanted to rob a big house in a rich neighborhood. But the police decided pretty quickly that it didn't appear to be a robbery at all. Nothing was taken from the house which, I mean, if you just killed somebody, you wouldn't take some, some, anything after that. Like, I've just murdered him, but this boss looks nice. Exactly. So there was no mess through the house. Um, there was just a broken wine glass in the kitchen. And the vacuum had been knocked over in the kitchen as well. All of Darlie's jewelry was left out in plain sight on the kitchen counter. And she wore, like, big gaudy rings, diamonds, crazy stuff. She was very flashy. All that stuff was still sitting on the kitchen counter. When the police are able to question Darlie two days later, the 8th, they started having more questions than answers. Darlie's statement was that after she fell asleep in the living room, she woke up to pressure on her, on her arm and saw a man standing at the end of the couch. He started leaving through the living room toward the garage. She followed him realized she couldn't really see him that well because it was so dark she kind of turned turned on the light switch and then knocked down the wine glass in the kitchen which kind of makes sense because it was on kind of like one of those upside down hanging racks where it hangs from the stem exactly and the the base was still in the holder but the glass part was like broken off it looks like someone ran into it she saw the knife on the floor because the intruder at this point had dropped it. She picked it up and she was also calling for her husband upstairs at the same time. So she's trying to chase out the intruder, but she's also calling for her husband, which seems like pretty normal to, to call for your husband. I feel like you wouldn't normally chase an intruder out, but I think if your kids were in the house, you would just be in mama bear mode and want this person out of your house. It makes sense, but also at the same time, I wouldn't pick up the knife and try to stab him. Like, what's done is done. Their homeboy's trying to head out. Like, we're just going to let it happen. Just going to let it happen. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, for sure. So she calls 911 and the police become suspicious because there were differing statements from Darlie. The reason that the police became suspicious is because this was only one of her statements. As they were asking her more and more. Her statements began to change or differ. And basically, one statement was that she woke up to the man standing there. Another statement was that she woke up from her son Damon touching her shoulder and crying, Mommy. Another one was that she heard glass breaking. And another one was that she did fight the, she did fight the intruder, but she doesn't remember anything, that she like blinked it out, basically. 
Which makes sense because drama tends to be that way. But like she there could be a number of things. Like I feel like if you're in shock or like especially like being a mom, like there's like grief and stuff that like you also have to like go through. There's so many things going through your head. Like there's no way that you can just be like, well, you know, like this is exactly how I remember. I, I feel like at least for me, like sometimes I've gone through things and like you ask me way back when, like, Hey, what happened? I'm like, Hey, this happened. And then you ask me that again. And I'm just like, Oh, I think it happened this way. But like you block out bad things in your life. That's what I do at least. So Darlie and Darren's family were obviously devastated and they stayed at the hospital to support them. Everyone was wondering why someone would do this and who. Just like Darlie on the 911 call kept saying, who would do this? Who would hurt us? Who would hurt our babies? Did the neighbors hear anything? So the neighbors did not hear anything, but they did ask the neighbors, you know, of course, about the routiers. And the neighbors said that Darlie was a great mom and loved her kids and her kids played with, you know, the neighbor's kids all the time. All the kids would play at the routier's house because they had a game room just for the kids. Oh, a dream. Imagine being able to give your kids a game room. Amazing, right? It, it would be awesome. And so they said that they, they would host parties and the neighbors would come. And even another neighbor after she had lost her baby, Darlie came and brought, you know, food for her and was just really supportive and really sweet. The statements from the doctors and nurses for how Darlie acted for the time that Darlie was in the hospital differed. Some said that she was acting weird or not how you would expect a mom to act after losing two kids, but statements changed from notes to trial and stories kept changing from these doctors and nurses. But, okay, first of all, how would a nurse really know how somebody is exactly, like, acting or the way she is? Like, everybody handles grief differently. There's no, like stamp of like oh you should be acting this way some people just like shut down and like there's no way exactly and i was thinking she was also probably scared for her life you know because she just got attacked she lost blood like she's scared she's probably thinking a lot about who would do this i don't know that's just what i imagine and i think you would be sad for sure or Honestly, if that happened to me, I'd have to be knocked out in the hospital. They would just have to give me the strongest thing they oh, had, yeah. you know? But <laughs> I, I don't know. She just had surgery, and to someone who's never had surgery, I mean, I've had two big, big surgeries, and you just come out and you feel, I mean, the medications for sure change the way you act. You're going through a trauma, and you just had major work done. Like, and you're, like, not having any time to process any of it. Like, that's what it is. Like, and how how would the nurse, like, know how to, like, I've, I've, I've had my experience with nurses, let me tell you. And some nurses do not know how to read people. Like, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're a nurse, no offense. No, I, that's why I said some nurses. Yeah, so just, some nurses. But not out there. And I think it also has a lot to do with how busy they are at the time. That's true. And also, this was... When this happened, it it was a different time. And statements are super unreliable. What one person says or perceives, I mean, you never know. Exactly. Um, But the police had many reasons to believe that Darlie was the one to blame. The 911 call was one of the biggest reasons the police thought 
Darlie was guilty and why many people who have heard this case think that she's guilty as well. Online, I've seen a bunch of different, um, you know, when people break down 911 calls and stuff like that. So I would recommend looking into that if, like, that's something you're interested in. I take everything with a grain of salt because it's not factual. Those aren't facts. No, no, it's not factual. It's just, it's just different things that people, like, okay, you know when somebody's lying and, like, they do something weird? Like, it's, like, stuff like that. Yeah. That, like, makes me, like, think. Like They were saying, like, from, so a lot of people who you know, break down 911 calls and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, I can't really say who because I didn't, I didn't watch them this time, but I've watched them in the past when I first heard about this case. I watched a bunch of different ones and I take everything with a grain of salt because of course, like it's not factual. Um, but a lot of people have questions about like why she's not asking, how do I help my sons? How do, what should I do? Um, she's not comforting them. That's what they say. But you hear her clearly be like, hold on, honey, they're coming. Hold on. And the 911 operator keeps having to ask her, like, are you there? Hello, ma'am, you there? Because she, it seems like she's busy with her kids. And I think the reason she's not asking, hey, how can I help them? Is because her husband clearly just did the CPR and saw the blood coming out of his chest. And it's like, there's only so much you could do. And you said not all the kids were hurt, right? The youngest baby was upstairs with the dad, and they weren't hurt. So it's just them two? But everybody else was? Mm -hmm. Or downstairs, and then Darlie was hurt as well, who was downstairs. You heard the clip from the 911 call. She talks about the murder weapon and explains that she picked it up after the intruder dropped it. Right away, she starts worrying and tells the operator that, quote, we could have got the prince, maybe, quote. This is very strange thing to say while in shock. They say that, you know, she's on the 911 call. This just happened to her kids. Like, she wouldn't have been thinking about the prince at all. Like, certain people do weird stuff and they lie. It's stuff like that is, me, when you're trying to cover something up, you'd start getting statistical and you'd start getting, like, the way like operational but like if you and i were in that situation if i were to grab that knife i would not be like oh darn we could have got the prince i'd be like no i'm gonna stab somebody for my safety yeah for sure like let me well i would think like even if her prince were on it the other person's prince would have been on it too it wouldn't necessarily get rid of those other prints. Yeah, like what's the likelihood of you touching exactly where they touched? Exactly, yeah. Also, blood evidence in the house show that the weapon was only set down once. And that was when Darley set it down. So, imagine they, there's blood on the knife, right? Because they obviously, they stabbed everyone. And if they, they set the knife down, there would have been a puddle where they set the knife down. And when they did the blood spatter analysis, they didn't see a puddle like that. They just saw the puddle where Darley set it down. So the knife previously hadn't been set down. But I was thinking, like, if they stabbed the boys and let, left the knife right in a puddle of blood that was already there, and maybe she didn't pick it up on the way to the kitchen, maybe she picked it up in the living room and didn't realize where she picked it up because she's 
in shock and she's chasing these people out of the house. Also, if if they said it was only set down once, if Darlie's bleeding and everybody's bleeding, couldn't the blood the blood puddle have gotten up by one of their blood? Blood splatters kind of weird. It is. It is kind of weird. But that's not the only thing with the blood. Also, Darlie had mentioned in her statement that I talked about previously that the glass was broken on the floor happened after the attack so that they attacked the boys and her and then she broke the glass but bloody footprints and blood drops were underneath the glass and not on top of it which makes it appears that the crime scene was staged so she a lot of the blood throughout the house was darley's because her neck was bleeding and she's like dripping it everywhere you know Mm -hmm. um and she was the one running back and forth through the kitchen so if she, if the glass was already on the floor and she was like running over it, that blood would have been dripping on top of it. She mm-hmm. would have been stepping on it. But instead, all the blood and all of that was underneath the glass. Did she have boots on? She was barefoot. She was only wearing a nightshirt. Okay, but you you said, so you said that the glass was broken on top of the blood. Couldn't have anybody else, like like CSU or anybody else. I've broken the glass as well. You're really good at catching on to that. For sure. Like, I saw just a part of the trial transcript where they were asking, they asked, I think, an EMT, like, was the vac- did you see the vacuum in the kitchen? And they didn't remember seeing it. Like, maybe it was dropped after that point. Well, anybody could have done anything, like, in a crime scene, at least. If it's, to me, if it's not important to the case, I, I don't see a point of it getting documented. Somebody could have tried to squeeze through somewhere and move the vacuum. Like, I understand people aren't supposed to, like, I don't know if CSU is so, like, perfect on top of, like, how things are. There's a lot of people coming in and out of it, like, it's seen. Yeah. So somebody could have moved something. And a lot of times they have a lot of clothes and they're carrying bags. So it's like, if they were to bump it, if there's a glass, I don't even know if they would notice it. Because it would be so loud in there with all the people that came to the scene besides the blood evidence on the knife showing a different story the blood evidence on the couch shows that darley's statement about having her throat slashed on the couch could be false since there was such a small amount of blood on the couch although she was sleeping on her back in the pictures there you know she was sleeping on her back and i think they came from behind and slashed her throat if this is what happened but there was a couple drops. But I saw her nightshirt and her whole front of her shirt is covered in blood. And I don't know if partially that's it dripping while she's running around and helping her sons and calling 911 and doing all these things. But I'm wondering if a lot, if her shirt soaked up a lot of the blood. And that's why it wasn't on the couch because she was on her back. That's what it kind of looked like to me. Like it kind of like some shot and there were like drops on the couch. But her shirt was like covered. But it also depends on, like, so she's laying on her back. I, I guess maybe if she, like, if she got up, like, if she was, like, easily, like, if she wasn't facing the back of the couch, then I guess maybe. Yeah. And also, I just want to circle back real quick to the, um, the crime scene looking different, like, with the glass and, and the vacuum and stuff. The people coming in, they were there to do life-saving measures. They weren't preserving a crime scene they were just trying to save these boys which makes sense emt's aren't going to be super careful because by the end of the day it's life or death it's not 
how much evidence we can get because trying yeah. to save a life. And once the police get there and do look around, they believe because of, you know, all these different things, it looks suspicious to them. And they believe that she slit her own neck at the kitchen sink. The front of the sink was covered as if she stood there bleeding onto the counters, probably into the sink as well, but rinsed the inside of the sink. So like at some point the water got turned on and drained down. But the front of the counter was all like covered in blood. And we'll we'll insert a photo of that on Instagram as well. But I have read different statements saying that she was wetting the towels that she was bringing to her son. I saw back and forth like statements from the court transcripts. I believe that her husband said that she wet it or he said that she didn't wet it. It was but then the people who came to the scene said that there were no wet towels. So I don't know if they would test towels to see if the blood-soaked towels would have been wet with water as well, like diluted blood, or I'm not really sure how that works, but her husband was saying that she was wetting the towels that she was bringing to her sons. It just seems kind of weird because if you're putting pressure, well, in the past, I was at our house and I don't know if you remember this, but someone came knocking on the door and my bedroom door was open so I could see the front door and it was the neighbor. And she was knocking on the window at her house. She was having a fight with her husband, knocking on the window. The window broke and the window sliced her wrist. Yes, and it was shooting out when she came onto our porch, right? It was, so she came up to our porch, the blood shooting out everywhere. And right away, I go and I grab a towel out of the cupboard and I just put the towel on it. I would never think to wet a towel because I would think it wouldn't soak up the blood if it was wet. Maybe people wet stuff, so it's wet. It just hold it in. Yes. That makes sense. But I don't know if that's really a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I wouldn't have wet it, but you never know. So, Darlie's statement about the boys being attacked first is strange due to the fact that usually... the an attacker will take out the biggest threat first. So I've seen in previous cases, I think, um, I want to say it was the Richard Ramirez. Mm-hmm. He would he would stop the husband first well, and yeah, then go because, after the wife. Yes, because the husband has more of an opportunity to take over him. So take over, exactly. And a man's easier to take care of over a woman. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. But I feel like it's possible that she was attacked first and maybe passed out. So imagine she gets her throat slit. She passes out. And then they attack the sons and then she wakes up. Nothing's ever said that, but the way that her statements are that she was really groggy and she had a lot of memory loss and she was kind of just didn't wake up during this attack. What if they just came and slit her throat while she was sleeping? Like just straight up took her out. Because you slit someone's throat and it was so close to her artery that, I mean, they practically could have killed her for sure. They and I'm sure there was enough blood from seeing like how much you bleed. But don't, but if that happened, don't you think there would be more blood on the couch? But I just, I wasn't sure if her shirt would have soaked up a lot of the blood. Because her shirt was like... Well, it's a night shirt. I highly doubt it's going to... No. Yeah. It's not a big old thing of gauze. Like, it's not going to soak up all the blood. I think the couch would have been soaked in blood. Yeah. So, besides Darlie's differing statements and the blood evidence, another thing that's really fishy, I mean, honestly... I feel like this is the most suspicious 
out of all the evidence is the cut screen to the garage. The screen appeared to be cut from the inside. Also, there was a layer of dust on the windowsill that was undisturbed. And many people believe that if it was a break-in, the screen would have been popped off instead of cut. Yeah, I don't know about that. Because in my experience, I've had to break into my house one too many times. And the last thing you want to do, like, obviously I had to pop off the screen because, you know, you're 16. And the last thing you want to do is cut the screen and be like, hey, mom, I cut my screen because I snuck in. <laughs> um, no, you, it's it's loud. It's like, like that, the metal, I don't know, I think it's like aluminum or something. When you pull that bad boy off, you might, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Like, it's going to pop off and it's going to like scratch. That actually makes sense. I've heard a screen come off before and it is super loud. Yes, so the screen was cut from, or it looks like the screen was cut from the inside. But I'm wondering, like, I was thinking when I first heard this case, maybe they cut it on the way out. Maybe they came in through a different way because he left through the garage. Or I'm wondering if he cut it to get in and then came in, did the attack. And then when they went out, it kind of pushed the screen out through that same slit. I, I don't think it would. Okay, so I actually just rescreened our screen. I don't know if I told you. But basically, when you, like, cut that, like, green material, it kind of has a memory. Like, it's kind of like when you cut... I don't even know how to explain, like... it's When you cut something, like, it's just going to forever be stuck in that, like... Like, the fibers go yes. outward, right? So, like, when I, like, cut the screen to, like, cut our screen... Even if I laid it down, I bent it, I, like, did anything because, like, I don't learn how to take it off. It constantly still look exactly how I cut it. Like, like from the way the... Um, the fibers were ripped. Like, the way it's... Woven? Woven. Yeah. It comes looser. Like, it stretches. Yes. So, like, yeah. when I cut it, like, it will legit... It was the same. It Like, the way I cut out was the way I cut out. So... Also, having to do with the window, there was also mulch under the window. And they said that it was undisturbed. But I don't know how you would really be able to tell that. Because mulch is kind of... Mulchy? Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's mulchy. It's bumpy. There's little dips in it. It looked like there were some chairs back there and like a kid's toy. So like if the kids ran through it, that's a shoe. It's and kind then, of like sawdust at a playground. Like, uh, Yeah, like you can't really tell, you know, but... Like, what, it wasn't on the sidewalk? Mulch is always all over the sidewalk. If there's mulch, there's Exactly, everything. it's mulch. So I'm just going to circle back to the dust real quick. There was also a, the layer of dust on the window. It was on the window still, and it was like a thick layer of dust. And there was no marks. Like, there was no drag marks through it or anything like that. Okay, what, what kind of window was this? Was this like a like a... Was this like a, like your average bedroom window, or was this like a floor to ceiling window? It was like a low window, like a side of the garage window. Okay, so long, like somebody can go through it and casually step over the mulch and the side of the window sill. I'm not sure if they could step over the mulch, but they could for sure step over the window sill. So everything's steppable. So if they were to go in or out, the likelihood of the undisturbed dust. Pretty, pretty likely that that can happen. That's really true. Because when, like I said, I didn't see the window until I started researching this case. 
And when I saw it, I just, it, I, I've never seen a garage with a window unless it was like the ones on the garage door or like a random small one off to the side. Mm-hmm. But this one just had like decorative, like big decorative windows on the side. It looked like. Probably so it wasn't an eyesore. And so. Rich, what do you have money to spend on? I was trying to look at the yard too, and I couldn't really find anything of the yard, but it looked like it was kind of like, almost like the garage went to like the side yard or the backyard. Like nobody would be able to get in through those windows unless they went in through like a gate. It's kind of what it looked like to me. So since they, you know, had to test the knives from the knife block that was in the kitchen because the murder weapon came from it, they did test a bread knife and discovered that there was fiberglass fibers and a rubbery compound that was consistent with the fibers from the garage screen. This would mean that whoever cut the screen would have used that knife and then returned it to the knife block in the kitchen. So it's so crazy because the only thing that would explain this knife not being used for, you know, well, I think that this evidence points to Darley being guilty or points to someone in that house being guilty because the window would have had to go take the knife, cut the window from the inside, go return it to the block. And the only thing that would explain the knife not being used is cross-contamination. So if they tested the window fibers and then, or the dust or whatever was there, and then they tested the knife, it could have been transferred. Um, I saw some things that maybe the fingerprint brushes that they used to um, test the prints could have the same fibers. But I read somewhere else that it's very specific. Screen fibers are very, they're not like the brush fibers. And that the only way would be cross-contamination. That makes sense. sense. So these killers had etiquette. They're like, we're going to slash the screen. We're going to tidy the house. house. (laughs) (laughs) It's just crazy. It's just crazy. So although the boys did have a life insurance policy, it was such a small amount that she wouldn't have benefited from it. The husband was actually the one with the more substantial life insurance policy. So that would not have been a motive for her to kill them. Um... What the prosecution claims is that her motive was financial difficulties. They painted Zarly as this materialistic, vain woman that needed all the attention with her bleach blonde hair and her huge fake boobs. They state that the kids were keeping her from living the lifestyle that she wanted. The Roots Harris had very nice things such as cars, a boat, the new house, tons of jewelry. The boys had their very own game room. It's just that all this spending was becoming more than they could afford. Her husband made very good money, but it was not enough for the lifestyle she wanted to live. They started to have increasing debt since her husband's company was slow at the time. So it wasn't struggling. It was just kind of slow. Just had, um, when, it, when they were busy, she gained this lifestyle of high spending. And when it was slow, instead of her cutting back her spending, she just wanted to keep going. So, yeah. So she would put it on credit because they knew the company would pick up again. Because he worked for, like, computer-making chips. Like, a company... Computers aren't going anywhere, like... Plus, computers just keep getting better and better. Exactly. So, another issue was that she was having postpartum depression. Like I mentioned briefly earlier, she started having postpartum depression since having her youngest son and had actually kept a diary that had an entry from a few months before the murders. It sounds like a suicide letter to me, but many see it as a confession. So, this is what she wrote. I hope that one day you will forgive me. 
for what I'm about, I am about to do. My life has been such a hard fight for a long time and I just can't find the strength to keep fighting anymore. And this was addressed to her husband and her sons, or I think it was just her husband, well, her family. One week after the murders, they had a gravesite celebration for Devin's seventh birthday. And this is huge. It was all over the news. It's something that a lot of people know this case by because it was such a weird thing. And it's his birthday. So they cover the grave in balloons. The news stations are invited. And although there is a solemn grave sign service prior, that obviously was not shown because you see a smiley darly chomping on her gum like she is the the nurse at the check-in at the er chomping on her gum oh no she's a medical billing and this gum is making her happy gum slaps this gum slaps she's paid in gum all right like, all right <laughs> and it's not the cheap one it's no juicy fruit it's, no 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 it's no. the good stuff it's the, the five gum. Yeah, so she's chomp. She loves this gum. She's chewing this gum. And she's going ham on this gum. And she's spraying silly string on the grave. Like, attacking the grave with silly string like crazy. Not like shooting in the air, shooting the other kids that are running around the grave. Like, she is... She's spraying the grave. And she looks... It just looks crazy. She says that even though her sons are gone, that they would want... The boys would not want the parents to be sad. And that they're up in heaven celebrating which is such a strange thing that your sons just died. What what did I say a couple days before? A week before. This is a week after the murders. Okay, so a week back, your kids die. She must be on some good... Some painkillers be hitting different. Painkillers. Something, okay. yeah. What if she just went fucking crazy? Like, what if she, like, just went crazy and was like, I'm just going to lather up these tombstones with some silly string." I mean, for sure, if my sons were killed, I'd probably I go crazy. Spraying, I yeah, I would not be spraying. I would not be spraying silly string though. I would just be like losing my shit. I I don't think I would leave the house. I would I crawl in a hole and die. Like I literally would not be able to handle it. Yeah, like that's it. Like. So Darley was arrested the next day. Everybody saw this footage. They're like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck?" <laughs> They're like, she lost her marbles. Go get her. <laughs> She's Go guilty. Her. The She's cops guilty. are like, oh, we got this in the bag now because that is looking That sus. is juicy like, evidence. We got some juicy footage. Let's go. They called up the attorney. They were like, ring, ring. Hello. It's us. Go get Girl, her. Hey, She's right here. She's right here. Pick her up. All right. <laughs> so she, 12 days after is when she was arrested from the murders. Okay. It's like pretty quick. She was tried for the murder of her youngest son. They didn't charge her for the other, the both sons at the same time, so that if she was acquitted, they could try her Double again. Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Yep. Mm-hmm. They present all of the evidence, and she's found guilty and given the death penalty. Oof. Yeah. Like they were like buzz, buzz. That that silly string. That silly string ain't so silly no more. <laughs> That's literally yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, what an idiot. You know, but 
But the thing is, the thing, okay, so I said earlier, this case, I still can't decide, you know, and from what you've heard so far, sounds like, boom, guilty. Boom, she did it. She did it. (laughs) She done got it in the bag. Like, that's how it sounds. But then you hear some of the other evidence and you're like, what? Okay. Bill? So there are a few pieces of evidence we haven't talked about. If you don't have an opinion yet about if Darlie is innocent or guilty, this will change your perspective. Okay. It surprises me that this evidence isn't talked about more. Amongst the rest of the evidence, they found some fingerprints that could not be identified in the house. Bloody fingerprints. They didn't match the routier parents or any emergency personnel. They did not look like children's fingerprints, although the boys' fingerprints, they weren't, they weren't taken. So they were adult fingerprints. They were big fingerprints. The bloody fingerprints were on the counter. Okay. So I think one of the boys had, had prints, but the other one wasn't in kindergarten yet, or wasn't in, I don't know if they fingerprint you in school, I guess. I don't know. I don't think they but, do. <laughs> read that i don't know i don't know this but, is, this is but, america erica we we but what if we maybe they should start imagine imagine they're like fingerprint all of us all. right gotta catch them all 25 years later they're like mm, this fingerprint from little, all. Billy, catch little, all. little timmy from third grade third grade you done did yeah. it let's do it come on seems, it seems invasive get it together seems invasive it is what it is oh god um, part of the case that is, okay, this part, this evidence is the most interesting to me. Okay. I am shook. When I heard it, I was like, what? No, this can't be it. So, are you ready? hmm I'm waiting. They found a piece of evidence outside of the house, 75 yards away. Okay? Okay. Two houses down. That's 75 yards. Thank you, because I did not know what 75 yards was. It's two houses down in the alley. So there's like a a front street. You don't know anything about football. I know. There's a front, like the street, there's the houses, and then behind there was an alley, like a back alley that went. I think it was like their yard and then a gate and then an alley. But there's like trash cans back there. I think they go and get the trash from back there. The, you know, the trash men, trash, what are they called? Waste management. Waste management. We love you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for your hard work and dedication that you do to this planet. So what do you think they found? A sock. Shut the front door. They found a bloody sock. It was a... Was it just alone? Yeah, just a sock. Kind of thrown off to the side, like as if you were trying to throw it down the gutter. Or like, but it was like also next to a trash can. I wonder if it got stuck on somebody's boot. Imagine like running, you're on your way, you just murdered three people. Or you t- try to toss it down the, the thing, down the little ditch thing. So it tested positive for both boys' blood on it. There's no way to place this sock without Darlie dripping blood through the alley. Like, if she was running through the alley to go hide this sock in the back, she would have dripped blood. All, there was no blood. There was no trail. There was no footprints leading to this sock. It was just a sock. 
like it fell from the sky. Someone got the t-shirt launcher, went to the backyard, and t-shirt launched this bitch. One of those angel game t-shirt launchers? Across the alley, like. Like, just on a side note, it'd be sweet. I'd just be like, all day long. And also, the thing about the sock is there wouldn't have been enough time because she only had six minutes to stage the entire scene while on the phone with 911. So she would have either had to stage a scene and then call 911, but both the boys were still alive. Or she just did knock the vacuum, broke the glass, took the sock, slit her own throat, stabbed herself, beat herself up, killed her kids. Was her husband tried for anything? No. He wasn't an accomplice. He wasn't anything. He was just chilling. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get just, just, I love that we think the same because nobody else says this. Okay. I'm going to just pretend like Josh didn't say that, but keep it in the back of your head, but also pretend like he didn't say it. Okay. So in Darley's defense and appeal, the sock has been submitted for future DNA testing. I read that the sock belonged to Darley's husband, Darren. So it most definitely came from the Routier house. And the reason they want to test it is the theory that the intruder chloroformed the sock to use on Darley in a sexual assault. That's one of the theories. The hell? Was that they chloroformed it, came in the house, put it over her face, tried to... Her her underwear were missing and they've never been found. But obviously there's no way to prove her underwear were missing except she didn't have underwear on. But maybe you don't sleep with underwear, you know? I mean... Do they ask Darley? Yeah, and Darley said they took her underwear, but she doesn't remember any sexual assault or anything like that, which totally makes sense because she didn't wake up during the attack, and then after she was kind of groggy and confused. What if it was a trophy? The underwear or the sock? The underwear. That's why it was never found. No, for sure. It could have been. Like, that could have been a trophy. Like, serial killers keep trophies all the time. Yeah. Like, and a lot of people get caught that way. Like, if it was a trophy, that would make so much sense. And, like, later on, when they ask the husband, like, who would want to do this? That's why it was never found. Are you kidding me? Look at my wife. She's hot type of thing, like. Jesus. Someone's full of himself. Yeah. So, to me, Darren looks so shady, like you were saying. Not just because he's the husband. So, years after Darlie was convicted, her husband, Darren, signed an affidavit stating that he was involved in an insurance scam. He had been t- talking to Darlie's stepdad about setting up an insurance scam on their home. So he had done, I guess, insurance scams in the past, and he was trying to set up an insurance scam on their home, like a theft scam. But although he says he never went through with it, he seems, he just seems so shady. I know there was all this stuff about a lawyer and that one of her lawyers wanted to kind of include him in the case. And make him look like it could have been him. And so he got rid of that lawyer and hired a different lawyer. And I believe it was the lawyer that got him out of the scam previously. It's not impossible that Darlie did it. But I think she would have needed the help from her husband at least. Like if he didn't just do it. I feel like he's. If she did it. I feel like he's included in some way. Because of that sock. Like while she's slitting her throat. He's taking the sock real quick. Oh my god. Imagine. Okay so let's say. Theory. My theory. I don't even need Reddit to have I have my own theories. What if homegirls in the living room doing some crazy shit? Okay. And then she's like, you need to make an escape plan for these intruders. So he goes, grabs the bread knife, okay? 
flashes the screen from the inside. Mistake number one. Mistake number two. He puts the knife back. Okay. That's literally what I was going to tell you is like only a husband could think to put the knife back. Like what the? A woman would never. He's like, and their house is like pretty clean. So he's like, okay, I got to keep my house clean, put the knife back. Like Darlie's going to kill. So it's like habit of having to like pick up. But instead of just leaving the knife in the damn garage, homie's like, hey, I'm going to slash this screen and go put the fucking knife back. Only a husband. Only have you seen that tiktok where it's like the sound is like they called me i don't know how exactly how it is but it's like they called me to ask me what bus my daughter takes the dad they see two numbers on the phone the mom and the dad and they think oh the dad will know what bus she's supposed to be on but i don't know anything the dad doesn't know the mom sorry for you single dads y'all are doing great out there you're doing great but most of the time i'm sorry imagine. don't hold it against us we imagine. love you but also the husband would cut it from the inside i'm sorry and put the knife back and put the knife did back. he wipe the prints at least there were no prints on it so okay so he the did. wife did that yeah uh, or he wiped the prints he's mm. like oh saucy CSI, gotta wipe the prints and then <laughs> saucy put the pr- <laughs> use the bread knife yeah Why bread knife Why maybe would he use, they like, were a like knife? super crime people because it's like she was like oh shit could have got the prints you know because i mean I don't Who know. Knows? But I mean, a stage robbery for sure gone bad, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Like, oh, these people are gonna come in. Don't worry, I'll cut the I'll cut the screen for you. Just come in. I got you. I got you. Just coming through the back. And the husband actually did have a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar life insurance on Darley. So maybe he tried to kill her and she didn't die. You think so though? You honestly think he would I don't know. It seemed like they liked each other. He seemed too full of himself when he's like, have you seen my wife? Yeah. And they actually stayed married until 2000. So they were, okay, so I, I don't think he would try always, to kill her. And he's always supported her, even after divorcing. He says she's innocent. And maybe it's because he did it. Been and she's it. taking the fall for him. Maybe. He's like, I got my computer chips I gotta make. I can't, I can't go to prison, but like, hey, I got you. Like when you get maybe out, he's like, get maybe he's like, don't worry, you'll get out. Like, don't, don't trip. I'll take care of this. They're going to believe you over me. Yeah, you're a female. So it's been 25 years and Darlie still claims that she's innocent. She has appealed a couple times. The first appeal due to over 1800 errors in court transcripts. Oh, God. Big errors, like recording answers wrong, like. Like careless? Yeah, completely yes as no, no as yes, just random, horrible stuff. So actually, when I researched this case, I saw that as of this year, the Innocence Project is taking over her case. They already petitioned to review evidence and they won. They will be collecting all evidence from the case and sending it to the Forensic Analytical Crime Laboratory in Hayward, California. Or they might have already, because the article that I read is kind of old. But the DNA profiles from the Routier family will be collected as well for comparison. The sock will be tested. Hairs from the sock, Routier shirt, blankets, pillowcases, clothes, the kids' fingernail clippings, the bloody knife, and hairs from the knife. Many of the items being tested have not yet been tested. So it would be their first time being tested, which is... I think really important. Plus, the technology's changed so much. 
It has changed a lot since Freaking 1996. So much. Exactly. Exactly. So hopefully, you know, we'll get an answer. Even oh. if she is the one who did it, I just want answers. Unless, unless Golden State Killer Ancestry. We find new evidence. Ancestry comes in clutch. Round yeah, two. I hope so. It's it's actually been happening in a lot of the famil- familial DNA is like solving a lot of things. Yeah. And that's the crazy story of Darlie Routier. What do you think? Do you think she's guilty or do you think she's not guilty? That's what I'm telling you. I have no freaking clue because that sock just throws me through a loop. I think the husband, if she's guilty, the husband helped. If she's not guilty, then I don't, I, maybe the husband's insurance scam thing or I don't really know. What if the husband hired hitmen and he's like, she's putting me into debt. Okay. That's kind of a stretch though. Yeah, because then they killed the kids. No, no, that's a that's a bad theory. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening, Josh. We would love to hear what you guys think and your opinions on Instagram. Send us DMs, comment in the case photos. Let us know what you think. I'm dying to know. And of course, follow us on here subscribe what's it called when you um subscribe to a podcast called subscribing to a podcast oh yeah subscribe to our podcast (laughs) i don't know if it's like you like it you subscribe it you join it you it's like a magazine service you subscribe okay yeah so subscribe to our millennials how to tell her about a magazine service just kidding. I think I'm a millennial too. Send us case requests. Requests. Um, don't do popular ones because that's yeah, boring. Yeah, like tell I'm us some kidding. good ones. I already got one request from our cousin, Kenneth. Oh, I got one too. Did you? Yeah, by Corbin. Eric coworker. Okay. So after that, we'll take your requests. We got a whole two lined up. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, we're practically famous now. Um. Yeah, so... Like us on Instagram, subscribe to our podcast. We're going to try to upload every Tuesday. I'm Josh. And I'm Erica. And I love coffee. With a splash of crime. Bye. Bye.